You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Alter Echo for this weekend of September 26th and our worship services and meditations that are associated with that. The fall winds are blowing and the leaves are turning and starting to fall and the fields are ripe for harvest and one by one are starting to be picked and put up in barns and silos and going to market. And it's this time of the year when summer has changed to fall quickly and life is moving into a new chapter and a new season. So good to be with you today. We're on our third week in the Brian McLaren book, We Make the Road by Walking. And this week, the topic is a world of meaning. And we move from the two creation stories in the first two chapters of Genesis to the first chapter of the Gospel of John. So I want you to hear that uh, lesson and passage here very shortly. And as we come to this time, what I want you to imagine today is that we are in the middle of an experiment. And the experiment is that God is beckoning us to put ourselves into his hands and to let him take the lead. But then as he does that, to transfer that lead back to us so that we're joining in this journey together in partnership and that we're paying attention to where our feet are taking us. And that as we look ahead, just even a bit ahead of each step, we realize that the road changes based on the way we go and the choices we make and the decisions we mull over. And we realize that when we do that, if we access God, that makes all the difference in the world. Because God's spirit with us, God's wisdom with us, changes the decisions we make and the steps we do take and the choices we encounter and finally make over one, uh, one over another. And without God, it would be completely different. So imagine that today as we go into this passage from John chapter 1 and then hear our message for this week. Here's what it says, chapter 1 of John, the gospel, verses 1 through 17. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, but or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, 
full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, dear sisters and brothers, in Christ, grace to you now, and peace from God the Father and Creator, and from our living Lord and Savior, who is at creation as well, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sitting here with a cup of espresso because it's raining out and the winds are blowing in Minnesota and it's chilly and it's fall. And here's our message for today. I just love the title of this chapter of Brian McLaren's book and of our theme for today, A World of Meaning. Paula and I, my wife Paula and I, went to an art experience of Vincent van Gogh the other night. And this theme, A World of Meaning, just burst into focus. It was some of Van Gogh's paintings put to music that fit parts of his life from which each of these incredible works came. And then, through technology, the images were able to move and be unveiled little by little and lighten up or darken based on perhaps where Van Gogh was in his vibrant yet also sometimes tortured life. Talk about a world of meaning. Even as we got to peer into just one man's complex mind and genius and giftedness from God, alongside his journey through relationships in his own inner world of struggle, which came out, of course, in brilliant color and thick texture on a canvas. Well, John chapter 1 is a third creation story in the Bible, story of the meaning of life and the world of meaning into which Jesus was born, the same world into which you and I were born, into which Vincent van Gogh was born. We heard the two Old Testament creation stories the past two weeks, and today we hear a New Testament creation story. In the beginning, the gospel writer John starts, was the Word. It's got a capital W on it, by the way. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Make no mistake, The word John is talking about is Jesus. And the truth John is proclaiming is that Jesus is God and that he always has been here from time immemorial, as we say, to time to time immemorial. And since Jesus, the word, put on flesh and became human and lived with us on this globe and in this life, We live in a world of meaning that includes the holy. Because God is here in Jesus, and God is with us in Jesus, and in us also, and has created you and every person 
with God's holiness and divine scope right in your DNA. Imagine it. So, where McLaren goes with this next chapter is marvelous. He talks about Jesus specifically, the word, as the Bible says, which in Greek is the word logos. He talks about Jesus as the logic, like logos, the logic of God. Think of it as Jesus being the clearest truth of God, or the inner heart and mind of God, or the deepest expression of how God is with the world and with us, the pattern of God that gets shown to us. So, imagine this with me. When we started having children, we read, speaking to myself now, we read voraciously. Do parents still do this today, I wonder? We learned so much from Dr. Spock <laughs> and from a book entitled What to Expect When You're Expecting. And things like this because, well, we hadn't had kids before. And we had no clue how to be parents. We were honest enough to admit this and to admit that any help at all would be welcomed and needed, of course. So once the kids were born, we tried and succeeded for the most part at being home every night so the kids could be put to bed at the same time each night for consistency's sake and for learning the goodness of healthy routines. <laughs> and we discovered that this was both for the kids and us parents. And for a good long night's sleep that children need. And of course, why did we do this? Because, well, Dr. Spock said so. And it made sense. And it was honest about adults, parents, needing, needing to change the logic of their own schedules when they were adults who were pre-kids. <laughs> because having children demanded that. Once we did this, the new logic became very meaningful. It was for the sake of our kids, but also our family. And it reordered our family life. It gave us meaningful and very important time with the kids to, for instance, read a book each night for bed, before bed, which they looked very forward to and loved. Fast Frog, I think, was the name of the book that became the favorite, which was kind of my favorite also. And then we, we said our bedtime prayers each night. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And the Lord's prayer right after that. And gave hugs and kisses and every night said, I love you to each other. See you in the morning. And the consistency and logic of that became peace. <laughs> and a, a tangible framework for the kids and us that was healthy and good, and even wonderful. What logic makes up the framework of your life right now and brings your life real depth and meaning and even a feeling of it being wonderful and, and holy, even a, a true calling? Sometimes these days, I, I wonder if any of us operates by a framework of logic and meaning. <laughs> 
We've allowed ourselves to be controlled by our phones, for instance. It's, it's amazing that we've allowed this, and, and not good, of course. We've allowed ourselves to be controlled by a, a lust for money, more now than I've ever experienced in my life, without any seeming boundaries or accountability on this. It's like anything goes. Greed and selfish desires are like the wild, wild west right now. It's not good at all. And it controls us. We've allowed ourselves to be controlled by schedules and games and by almost literally running around like chickens with our heads cut off. And other people are creating and managing our very schedules for us. (laughs) We've capitulated to this. Sometimes even used it as our crutch. Well, we've got three games to be at tonight and I've got to somehow try to find a way to be at every one of them at the expense of everything else, of course. And the list goes on. But I think most of us could all agree many things don't feel right right now. Our framework and our logic doesn't feel healthy or peaceful. Jesus, as the logic and framework God wants for the creation, is what we human beings and friends and neighbors of each other around the world even and children of the creator should be checking our lives and our ways against Jesus as the logic and framework of God. When Jesus put on flesh and God became human among us, John says, we beheld his glory, which was full of grace and truth. Where does the logic of our lives convey Jesus' grace to the people around us? If Jesus is our logic, the pattern we should follow, and he is grace, where does the logic of our lives convey Jesus' grace to the people around us? Grace is generous self-giving love and mercy toward people as the heart of the meaning of our lives. Where does our own generousness of spirit, our own love that builds others up and doesn't worry so much about satiating ourselves, in fact, pushes back on our own temptations to always get for ourselves. Where do these kinds of grace show up in the meaning of why we've been created by God and how we live our lives. Imagine yourself stepping back and really searching out how Jesus lived his life and trying to emulate that. How would your life not only be deeply, vibrantly more meaningful as you become a real disciple of Jesus, your Savior, But how would that also quite literally create a new, healthy, holy framework and possibility of goodness for every single person you encounter with your life? This is precisely the kind of creation of newness the Bible is talking about in these creation stories and in our encounters with God who comes to live among us. Jesus is meant to be your and my singular compass for our lives. 
He is meant to be our logic, our framework, our path forward. When was the last time you took time to step back and breathe and open your mind and set aside the rat race and then look at how Jesus operates? So the logic of your life could look like the pattern of Jesus' life. Being humans is a lot like being a new parent, I think. Very often, on our own, we don't have a clue how to tackle the incredibly complex, beautiful, frightening, exciting life in front of us. So, we go to the manual, the Bible, that teaches us the best way, Jesus' way. And we read it voraciously and put Jesus' patterns into place as our own. Because why? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is holy. Jesus meets us in relationships of faith and trust and love. And Jesus is the heart, mind, and life of God for us. For us. For the world for our best life. Don't pass up accessing Jesus' grace and framework for your life. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.